With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome to That Wrestling Show, the podcast where all pro wrestling matters. I am your host, Bill Yankovi, and I'm not going to make you guys wait. I'm not going to make you wait today. I'm going to get right into the review of Extreme Rules from this past Saturday, and... I'm going to say it right off the bat, for the most part, I thought this was a pretty decent to good show. Um, The six matches, they stuck with it, and that's just what it was. And like I said, I thought it ended up being, uh, for the most part, a good to decent show. So, the first match of the pay-per-view was the Donnybrook match between the Brawling Brutes and Imperium. This was just a fun, fun fight to watch with all six of these guys. I'm really enjoying the Brawling Brutes Imperium angle at this time. It's just been a lot of fun to watch. Um, And again, you know, all six of these guys, it, it just looked like they had an absolute blast out there. Um... You got your Walt or your Gunther Sheamus spots here and there. You got double teams, triple teams, just really good spots all around. And this crowd was really into this match. And it was a really hot way to start off the pay per view. The end of the match saw Sheamus hit the uh, bro kick on Vinci to get the three count and the victory in this one. A really fun, good, strong opening match to start this pay-per-view. I gave it a B plus, And Dave Meltzer gave it four and a half stars. So we go from that to the Extreme Rules match where Ronda Rousey challenges Liv Morgan... For the SmackDown Women's title. And this was, unfortunately, the worst match of the entire pay-per-view. After you get such a good match, 
Um, you go down. I don't know what happened here. I really don't know. I don't know if it was Liv wasn't up to the task or if maybe the chemistry between the two died down. I'm, I'm not really sure what to say on that one. But, like, the different baseball bat shots didn't really come off good. And the different things that both women were trying, it just did not work. And it, it, it just seemed like whenever Rhonda would do something, she would try and put emphasis on it. But... It just didn't work. And then when Liv did it, it was even worse, which is kind of hard to imagine, but it was. And you had near falls during the match, and the match ends with Ronda getting a choke onto Liv Morgan. And something I noticed at that point and towards the very end, like when it got to the very end of the match, if you looked very closely, you saw Liv Morgan smiling. And that kind of threw me for a curve. I was like, what in the world is Liv smiling about? Well, maybe we'll find out in the near future. Ronda Rousey wins back the SmackDown Women's Championship. I gave this a D plus. Meltzer gave it two stars. So the next match was the strap match between Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross, And we had some extracurricular activity before the match began. Uh, Karrion Cross did not put the strap around his wrist. McIntyre went after him. They were outside for a few minutes. And then once they got the strap on the wrist of Cross, that's when the match began. And it's like, okay, maybe there's something here. Maybe there's something that's going to happen. But it it just didn't really go. It, it didn't really do anything. And then the end of the match, Scarlet gets in the ring. And she ends up pepper spraying Drew in the face, right in the eyes. And then Cross hit a move, and he got the three count in the victory. And I was watching this show with uh, Steve and Ted, who have been on here before. And I said during the match, I'm still waiting for the one match, the one moment that's going to, you know, get me over with Karrion Cross, like, I'm gonna like Karrion Cross. I'm gonna like this whole character. I, I, I just can't. I still can't. It was a decent match. Um, the right guy went over, but I, I, I just can't, I just can't get over, you know, Cross and Scarlet. I don't know what it is. I just can't get into them. Um, I gave this a C. Meltzer gave it three and a quarter star. He was a, a bit nicer to that match than I was. Then we have the ladder match, Bianca Belair and Bailey, which was 
really good. I really enjoyed this match. And there was no Asuka, no Alexa Bliss. They were taken out the Monday prior to the event on night or on Raw, almost at Nitro. Just good back and forth between the two ladies. Bailey hits an elbow drop onto the ladder from the outside, which looked like a really good, dangerous spot there. Um, the other members of Damage Control got involved, Dakota Kai and EO Sky. Um, Bianca hit the, the a double KOD with both women on her shoulders. Bailey tried to, you know, sneak, get the belt, but Bianca caught her, knocked her down, and then she hit a KOD on a ladder, which pretty much took Bailey out of the equation. And Bianca went up to grab the belt, retain the Raw Women's title. Again, this was another good match. I gave this a B plus. Meltzer gave this three and a half stars. So I guess maybe I was a little nicer. I don't know. So then, then we go to the I quit match between Edge and Finn Balor. This was another good match, and this went all over the place. It was in the ring, out of the ring, in the crowd, up the stairs, down the stairs, by the almost to the concourse. This was just a real fun match. These fans were really getting their money's worth with this match. Um, Damian Priest got involved. Dominic Mysterio got involved. Uh, Rhea Ripley snuck in from behind, attacked Edge. Ray came in to try to help. He was able to knock Damian Priest down, but Dominic beat him up. Beth comes in. She goes after Rhea Ripley, and they're fighting. This crowd is just eating this up. It is such a fun match to watch. And then you get to the end because both men are trying to make the other say I quit. Beth gets knocked out. Rhea had a pair of brass knucks with her and knocked Beth out. So the other members of Judgment Day, they hold Edge. And basically they're threatening him to say I quit. And if they don't, Rhea is going to hit a concerto on the Beth. And that is what forces Edge to say, I quit. Unbelievably well done. And then, for the hell of it, Rhea hits the concerto anyway on the Beth, which, you know, gives them even more heat. This was a really good match. I, I enjoyed it. Um, good storytelling with this one. I gave this a B. Meltzer gave it four and a half stars. So, But still, this was a really good match. And then you get to the main event, and it was so interesting because, you know, we were talking, uh, Steve and Ted and I, because we were like, they never really announced what, the main event was going to be. They never said what the main event was going to be. And it was like, they, if, if you look at the six matches on the card, 
there was at least three, maybe four matches that could have easily gone on last. Just could have easily gone on last. And the match that did go on last and was the main event was the fight pit between Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle, Daniel Cormier as the guest referee. Um, This wasn't what I expected as far as first time in WWE doing it. They had done it in NXT in the past. Um... I thought it was good. I, I, I liked that the only time that Cormier really got involved, which wasn't that much, was like Riddle accidentally elbowing him or Rollins doing something. And that was really it. And, and, and when you have a guy like Daniel Cormier, who's in the UFC Hall of Fame, he's won championships, you don't want to make him the focus of attention in a match like this unless he needs to be and here he didn't need to be which I'm glad about so you know they're fighting around the cage they're beating each other up and then Seth climbs to the top part of the fight pit he and Riddle go at it Uh, Rollins gets knocked off Riddle hits a, a swanton, or not really, actually it was a senton, more of a senton than a swanton. And then he locks in a submission, Rollins taps out, and Riddle gets the win. And I, I think that's the end of the feud, which kind of surprises me, because you leave them each at one apiece. You know, maybe you want to do one more? I'm not really sure. Uh, I gave this a B-, minus. Meltzer gave it three and three-quarter stars. So, then they put up, you know, the the end of the credits, and then the whole arena goes black. And this is basically what everyone had been waiting for. So, then you, you know, everything goes to black, and you're like, okay, what's going to happen next? And then you start to hear, he's got the whole world in his hands he's got the whole world in his hands and everyone's got their flashlight on from their phone the fireflies are out and then you start to see like briefly okay here's huskus the pig here's mercy the buzzard here's the rambling rabbit Here's Sister Abigail. And then there's a mask left on the commentary table, which kind of freaks out both Cole and Graves. Then you see The Fiend. And then they go to the Titantron. And then you see cobwebs in the Firefly Funhouse. And my thought was, okay, they, they might come to life. You know, it, we're into the Halloween season. You know, you, you want to scare people. But they didn't. They, they played the Firefly, you know, Funhouse theme. And, you know, then there's like this cryptic video. 
and then you see a door and the door opens and here's a lantern and here's the white rabbit and then he takes off the mask and it's Bray Wyatt huge reaction and he says I'm here to the camera blows the lantern out and that really ends the show and I and I really want to talk about the whole Bray Wyatt thing because I thought the way they did that was perfectly done and the one thing for me that this was done so wonderfully because I was waiting for it all night there were like two matches that I was thinking okay maybe we're going to get this I was waiting for Bray to interfere in a match and it didn't happen and I'm so glad that did not happen. I was so glad that there was no Bray Wyatt interference in a match. Because it could have soured the return. It could have. But the way they did it was just wonderfully executed. And now it's like you're going to start to try to put the pieces together of who... Who was in the Huskis costume? Who was in the buzzard? The rabbit? The sister Abigail? The fiend? Who were those individuals? That's what's going to make this fun. And then I noticed Bray Wyatt, size-wise, he got bigger. He got bigger. Now, Bray is very capable of dropping that weight, so I'm not really worried about it. Um, It's just going to be interesting to see where this goes. I read a rumor a couple days ago, actually, that they may be, not saying it's going to happen, but maybe at the Survivor Series for the War Games we get the bloodline against Wyatt and his group. Well, if you're going to do it, you better start now because the Survivor Series is a month and a half away. You might want to get the ball rolling um, on that one, my friend, if that is the way they go. It, you know, things change, but you never know. But I really liked the whole presentation at the end. Um, just well done, and it just got everybody eating it up. It really, really did. So what did our Facebook group think of Extreme Rules? Well, the majority of the people gave this a B grade. Meanwhile, the others went with a C grade for this show. So a pretty positive pretty positive response for Extreme Rules 2022. And then, uh, best match. I voted for Bailey and Bianca Belair 
the majority went with the Donnybrook match with uh, the Brutes, the Brawling Brutes, and Imperium. And one person voted for Ronda Rousey and Liv Morgan. Hey, we respect everyone's opinion. Just kind of a little surprised about that one. Um, but yeah, it seems the majority went with the Brawling Brutes and Imperium, the Donnybrook uh, fight, as the best match or their favorite match from this pay-per-view. But pretty much a good pay-per-view all the way around. It did have a couple of, you know, low points. The the Extreme Rules match was kind of meh. And the, the uh, strap match could have been a little bit better. But other than that, a pretty good pay-per-view. I, I enjoyed it. Um, it was a fun show. Let's just say that. It was a fun show all the way around. So, a couple of pieces of news that I want to talk about. Then I want to get into the other big news of the week, I think. Uh, Gallows and Anderson, back to WWE. There were reports on Monday that it was coming within a couple weeks. Well, it ended up being that night. So, Gallows and Anderson, back in WWE. You saw on Raw, they are with AJ Styles. The OC is back together. Looks like they're going to be feuding with Judgment Day. And that looks like it could be heading towards Survivor Series and a War Games match there. Haven't heard completely that it will, but we'll have to wait and see how that goes. Uh, Renee Paquette, back on television. She made her debut on AEW Dynamite. This past Wednesday night to a pretty nice reception. As long as she is an interviewer, I don't think I'm going to mind this. I really don't. She was a good reporter. I, I did not mind her at all. Commentator was kind of hit and miss. But as a reporter, an interviewer, I thought that was her strong suit. So... I like this because now that, you know, besides Tony Schiavone, you got her. You don't really need Alex Marvez, and I don't think you need that young lady either. You could just have Schiavone and uh, Paquette there, and you're good to go. You're good to go. Now, staying with the family there, John Moxley signed a five-year contract extension with AEW, which also kind of gives him a promotion because he's going to be a mentor and a coach as well for AEW. Uh, there are fine some things in the contract. He can wrestle in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, independent dates probably going to be very limited at this point. As um, you saw or heard last weekend, he had the match with Nick Gage and Nick Gage beat Moxley for the Game Changer Wrestling Heavyweight title. So, John, for now, I think, is done with Game Changer Wrestling. Maybe he comes back in a little while. Who knows? But for the time being, he is done. Also, uh, AEW announced that they're going to be in a working relationship with Pro Wrestling Noah. Starting in 2023, Sting is going to, in Japan, going to Japan, uh, he's going to be in the last 
match of the great Muda character ever. Kaiju Muto currently on his retirement tour. His last match is in February. This one with the great Muda is in January. So you're going to get Sting and the great Muda one more time there. That that had been kind of known for a little while, but the deal with Noah uh, makes it kind of interesting. Who knows what talent you're going to get from Pro Wrestling Noah to come over to AEW and vice versa. So that'll be pretty fun to see there. Um, What other news was... I think there was one other... Oh, yeah. Impact Wrestling. Uh, a couple of new champions were crowned at Bound for Glory. Frankie Kazarian won the X Division title, beating Speedball Mike Bailey. And Taya Valkyrie and Jessica defeated Deanna Perrazzo and Chelsea Green to win the Knockouts Tag Team titles. Those were the two new champions crowned at that event. And then at the TV taping, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett lost the Impact Wrestling Tag Team titles to Heath Slater and Rhino. Um, It was reported over the weekend that those two gentlemen, along with Vincent and Maria Kanellis, uh, they are done with Impact Wrestling. There had been reports earlier in the week that WWE had been interested in Matt Taven. And this is going to be a bit of a spoiler if you watch Rampage. Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, and Maria all showed up at AEW Rampage. The taping was last night. It's going to air tonight. Have not heard yet if they have signed contracts with AEW or if they're just doing, you know, a few appearances here and there. And then what they do after remains to be seen. All right, the other story, the other big story of the week in pro wrestling comes from New Japan Pro Wrestling because during their Declaration of Power event on Monday, they announced a tournament would begin today to crown the first ever New Japan Pro Wrestling World Television Champion. And if you have seen the belt, it is a very interesting looking belt, to say the least. Um, my first thought was it kind of looked like an Apple Watch. And I showed my mom the photo of the belt, and she actually liked the belt, which is kind of interesting. I did not expect her to like the belt, but she does. So the tournament began today. I'll break down the the brackets in a moment. The finals are going to be held at Wrestle Kingdom, with the winner obviously being the first television champion. Now, what I do like about this, but uh, before I get into what the time, you know, the the rules of these matches are with the title, is you get to see the matches for free. Meaning, if you are not subscribed to NJPW World, you get to see the title matches on YouTube for free. You're going to get to see the, the title matches for free, which I really, really like. So you don't have to subscribe to NJPW World to see these title matches. 
So it's a really cool concept. So today was the first or the beginning of the first round of the tournament. Dave Finley defeated Yoshinobu Kanemaru and Zack Sabre Jr. defeated Alex Zane. Finley and Sabre advanced to the quarterfinals. Those two will meet on October 27th. The rest of the bracket, uh, these matches are going to take place tomorrow. Jeff Cobb against Yoshihashi and Evil against Aaron Hanare. On Sunday... Taichi will face Sonata, and Kenta will face Hiroki Goto. And then the final matches of the first round take place on the 26th of October, with Tomohiro Ishii against Ren Narita, and The Great Okan against Toru Yano. So, the quarterfinal dates are October 27th and October 30th, and the semifinals, both of them, will be November the 5th, with obviously the finals taking place at Wrestle Kingdom 17, which is starting the shape up to be a pretty good card. Now, when the when we do have a new champion, basically they're kind of going by the old rules of NWA and WCW. It's going to be a 15-minute time limit uh, with the belts. And I like that. They're they're going old school on it. You have 15 minutes to beat the champion to win the belt. And I I like that concept. I like that idea. Um, It's going to be interesting to see how this becomes a thing as far as a championship goes with New Japan Pro Wrestling. I, I think once they're able to have a champion and you know, have the champion have a few title defenses underneath him. Um, I think it's going to end up being a pretty cool belt. I, I, I kind of look at it as kind of like, you know, like I said earlier, the old NWA, WCW television title, you have the 15-minute time limit. You have to beat the champion in 15 minutes. So it'll be interesting to see where this goes. If I had to predict the finals... Of this tournament. Um, looking at the brackets. I'm going to say. The finals will be. Zack Sabre Jr. And Great Ocon. That is going to be my guess. For the finals of that tournament. To be held at Wrestle Kingdom. Zack Sabre Jr. and Great Ocon. And I think Sabre is going to end up winning that title. I think Zack Sabre Jr. will win the New Japan World Television title, be their first champion, and see where it goes from there. So, But who knows? Could be wrong. But when have I ever been right? There we go. Uh, also want to mention real quick, Orange Cassidy beat Pac on Dynamite Wednesday in Toronto to win the AEW All-Atlantic Championship, his first title in AEW. Can you believe that? His first championship in AEW. Congratulations to Orange Cassidy. Well, that's going to wrap it up for the show this week. Going to get into the plugs. If you guys have any questions or comments, Send an email, wrestlingman at that wrestling show.com. 
If you have a question or if you have a comment, I will read them on the air and I will give you my answer, give you my thoughts on them. Uh, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter, Wrestling Show 11. Follow us on Facebook or on Instagram, That Wrestling Show. And join our Facebook group, That Wrestling Show Fan Group, where you could join hundreds of other fans to discuss everything past and present in pro wrestling. Now it's time to plug uh, friends of the podcasts and podcasts you guys should check out, starting with our Vantage Point with Joe Morata and Michael Quinn. Uh, this week they started a brand new season and they're dedicating the entire season to the fans. This is a fan appreciation season. And they start off by answering a question. If they've had opinions changed on certain individuals in professional wrestling. So that's a really good question. Plus uh, a review. Oh, actually, it's more of a watch along of championship wrestling as they're getting ready towards this show called WrestleMania. I don't, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it, but apparently it's a big thing. Check it out on our vantage point, the retro wrestling podcast and a quick congratulations to the both of them. Their show yesterday just celebrated six years of existence. Congratulations to you guys. I know from experience it can be hard to keep a podcast going. Six years is a good length of time. Check out Greenings from Allentown, GFA Live with Peter Winston and Don Keithy as this week they watch and discuss SummerSlam 1992. They're going to have a lot of fun on that one. Check it out, GFA Live. Also check out Juice Pro Wrestling, where this week they have an interview with Techno Destructo from Gwar. Want to hear that interview if you're a fan of Gwar or if you're just a fan of weird stuff? Check it out this week on Juice Pro Wrestling. And of course, Memphis Continental Wrestling Cast with Luke Jennings, the number one Memphis wrestling-related podcast in the United Kingdom Actually, the only one. But still, check him out. Luke Jennings, Memphis Continental Wrestling Cast. Now, if you're looking for non-wrestling-related podcasts, check out Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, where up right now is two reviews of Weird Al shows from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Okay, that's fine, but how about a review from the show that I was at in Williamsport in August. Come on, guys. You're kind of falling on the job there. But anyway, check out their review of those concerts from Lancaster, PA, this week on Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Also, check out For Your Reference. Oops, oops, sorry about that. Uh, For Your Reference, a sports reference podcast where this week is entitled... Ball in the Family, where it is all about the Ball family, LeVar, LaMelo, and the others of the Ball family. I can't remember the rest of their names. There's so many of them. It's kind of like with the Kardashians. I can't keep track of who's who. Check out Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. This week, I wrap up season 16 of South Park. Uh, as I review the season finale of that episode, 
Obama wins. That is this week's episode on Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast. And finally, you can check out Bill Learns Kingdom Hearts, the podcast with myself and Jim as we go through Kingdom Hearts 2. We are getting very close to the end of Season 3. We actually have, including this week's episode, three episodes left of this season of Bill Learns Kingdom Hearts. Hope you guys have been enjoying it. I've been seeing it has been charting in Portugal, Australia, Spain. Thank you guys for your support there and everyone's support on that podcast. And hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll get it up today. If not, it'll probably be up this weekend. A brand new episode of Coliseum Corner where I will be reviewing the Coliseum video, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Okay, going to tell everyone right now, there is no new episode next week. Uh, going to be on a very special assignment. Hi, Brian. But I will be back in two weeks for our annual Halloween episode. And I thought to myself, what am I going to do this Halloween? What am I going to do to give you, the fans, pure entertainment, while at the same time torturing myself? Well, there's one thing that I have to do, and if I don't do it this year or any other year, I might never get this ghost away from me. So in two weeks, I'm going to do a a watch-along. I'm not going to say live watch-along because all these shows are recorded. But I'm going to do a watch-along of the Paul Lynn Halloween special. Yep. The joke that I've been using for many years, I killed it off a couple years ago. I'm bringing it back one last time hopefully, to end it once and for all, the Paul Lynn Halloween special watch-along, along with your weekly wrestling news as well. Thank you all for tuning into this episode of That Wrestling Show, the podcast where all pro wrestling matters. Have a safe, wonderful weekend, and come back in two weeks, in just two weeks, for the Halloween episode of that wrestling show. I am Bill Yan Covey. Thank you for what are listening. And as always, wrestle on.